I'm Tavis Smiley, and I'm glad to have you tuned into our program in this hour today. It's been two great hours so far, and uh, we are in our final hour, but two, uh, two more great conversations to go. On the B side of this hour, a conversation with the Poet Laureate of San Francisco, Tongo Eisen Martin, uh, about the uh, emboldened neo-Confederate wave of violence in this country, and we'll do a tribute uh, to the renowned poet, Diane de Prima. There's a, uh, a service uh, memorial in her honor coming up soon. And uh, we'll do a tribute to uh, Diane de Prima uh, uh, on the backside of, of this hour. Uh, we commence this hour, though, with a chat with the Tony and Peabody award-winning co-founder of Deaf Poetry Dram. Jeff, say that again, Tavis. Deaf Poetry Jam. Third hour, right? Deaf Poetry Jam. And the founder of the Genius is Common movement. His name is Bruce George, and I'm honored to have Bruce George on this program. Bruce, how are you, sir? You have blessed. Tavis, Tavis, how are you, sir? Man, I'm doing well. If I complained, I'd be an ingrate. Uh, I am doing well, and I'm delighted to <laughs> delighted to be in, in dialogue with you. L- let me start with this. We we all know uh, Deaf Poetry Jam. I want to go back before I go forward. Um, we all know Deaf Poetry Jam. We all know Russell Simmons. We all remember, you know, his his closing line every night. Thank y'all for coming out. God bless. Good night. <laughs> we 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 know exactly. that. We know we know all the great comedians that came across that stage. All the great hosts who hosted that show. Um, to my mind, uh, Deaf Poetry Jam is a part of um, our story. It's a part of, uh, uh, of our entertainment uh, timeline. Uh, and, uh, and, we, and many of us who, you know, of a certain age, you know, we're, you know track our lives by where we were uh, when, uh, when Deaf Poetry Jam um, sort of came on the stage and we saw these persons who we had not known heretofore and they're breaking down um, uh, breaking down their their, their work. Um, how, how do you uh, process Deaf Poetry Jam when you look back on it? You know, first and foremost, uh, I'm going to answer that question, but I want to first of all thank the good Lord for blessing me to be here. Mm-hmm. Definitely want to thank Brother Derek Wilson, who connected me with your amazing producer, uh, Johnny Dorsett. I'm just, I'm loyal like that, my brother. I appreciate it. And so in reference to, no, I appreciate you, in terms of thinking back, you know, everything happens when it's supposed to happen. You know that, Tavis, mm-hmm. in terms of the zeitgeist, right? The spirit of the time. And so when Death Poetry Jam, around that time, we caught the world in a very reflective state. Because remember, that was around the time of 9-11, post-9-11, mm-hmm. right? And so we were able to catch the world in a very reflective state. And what better way to do that with the poet, mm-hmm. right, or the artist, and so I was blessed to be one of the founders. I brought the concept to Danny Simmons, who brought it to Russell Simmons, who brought it to HBO. And we wind up getting a Peabody Award for six seasons at HBO, mm. Tony Award for the Broadway version. I was the town executive at HBO, an executive consultant to the Broadway show, and the rest, as they say, is history. Yeah. So everything I do, Tavis, is out of activism, mm-hmm. right? You know, services the rent you pay for being on earth. And let me just give you your flowers, my brother, because you paved the way in terms of politicizing us for the for the, the, the Ricky Smiley's, the D.L. Hughley's, the Steve Harvey's, and for them, and even the Roland Martins in terms of them being able to start having their own shows and really start interviewing people. So I definitely want to give you your kudos in reference to that. No, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I have, absolutely, my bro, I have three legacies under my belt. Uh, one being, you've already mentioned, uh, Deaf Poetry Jam, and then one is the band and the republic mm-hmm. i am the founder of the band and the republic it's a literary anthology by gang members and their affiliates 
Never been done before, Travis. Mm-hmm. Poetry, prose, short stories and quotes and interviews from gang members, gang leaders, and those affiliated. And then, of course, the Genius is Common movement, which I'm looking forward to unpacking. Now, we'll talk about that. Trust me. Um, um, you mentioned a moment ago that um, Deaf Poetry Jam was created in a moment when the country was in a reflective state. Um, when you compare then uh, uh, to now, how would you compare the reflective state that we are in or not in at this moment? That's a very good, that's a very, very good question because there's a movement afoot to not make us be reflective. Mm-hmm. And that's through distraction. You, are, you, you know that. Come on. So now what they're going to do, the elite media, because you, are no, you already know that the elite, the elite media is the gatekeeper to the state, which is the gatekeeper to the ruling class. Mm-hmm. So it's all about TikTok. It's all about, you know, what uh, Agent 45 is doing. It's all about all of these different things, except for what's really happening. Yeah. Right. And, and, and what's really happening is that they are taking away our rights to our own bodies. Yeah. What's really happening is the fact that they, it is a movement afoot to, to, to take us back in terms of the whole situation with, with the education piece, uh, trying to re-enslave us, uh, recolonize us. I mean, all of these different things legislatively that's happening, and as a result of us not voting. Yeah. You know, by us not voting, that's why you got all those conservative judges and Supreme Court judges, and so now we're feeling the brunt of that, right? Yeah, yeah. And I'm- so it's... I'm sorry. No, no, I didn't mean, I mean, I mean, I mean, I mean to cut you off. Um, I am, I am, I am processing as you're talking uh, an answer to my own question uh, about whether or not I think the nation is in a, in the moment that we are living in, in a reflective state. I'm processing that myself. Do I think we are in a reflective state uh, or reflexive state? That ain't, that ain't the same thing. Are we in a reflective state? or a reflexive state, we could debate that. Maybe we will when we come forward. I need to think about it. Um, there was Deaf Comedy uh, Deaf Comedy Jam. There was Deaf Poetry Jam. Both were iconic in their own right. But a question, uh, a couple more questions about Deaf Poetry Jam on HBO with Boost George when we come forward on Tavis Smiley. Let's get back to more of this rich dialogue with Tavis Smiley. Our guest is our Bruce George. Uh, in this first half hour, we'll talk to uh, the Port Lord of San Francisco to close our program on the backside of this hour. Uh, but Bruce George is uh, one of the co-founders of Deaf Poetry Jam on HBO, founder of the Genius is Common movement. We'll get to that in a few moments, I promise you. Uh, but Bruce was saying earlier, in case you just tuned in, that I was asking him to look back on Deaf Poetry Jam. As you all know, there was Deaf Comedy, Deaf Comedy Jam, uh, iconic in its own right. There was Deaf Poetry Jam, iconic in its own right, both amazing, both on HBO. And I was asking uh, Bruce to take me back to how Deaf Poetry Jam uh, came into existence. And he was saying that we were in a reflective state, a reflective state in our country at that moment. And here you have all this artistic genius, uh, mostly black, uh, coming on stage, expressing themselves in ways that we had never seen uh, black folk express themselves on a stage, on a national sta- uh, platform like HBO. The question, Bruce, <laughs> now is in this moment, are we in a reflective state or reflexive state? Both. Yeah, t- that's a good question. I'm going to tell you why it's both. Yeah, we're in a reflective state is because of the fact that we're in the age of the Aquarius. Mm-hmm. People are now people now are more aware than ever before. That's why they're trying to get rid of TikTok because of the fact that the the power the people have the power mm-hmm. to upload their ideas and their ideology and their politic. Right, but the reason why they didn't get rid of TikTok because they got voted out of office. 
the youth would have voted him out of office. You don't hear that chatter anymore. Mm -hmm. So it's reflective in terms of the fact that people are becoming more conscious spiritually. People are meditating more. People are doing a lot of different things, getting into yoga, Reiki, you name it. And because it's the zeitgeist or the spirit of the time that the, the you know, the last should be first and the first should be last, right? Mm -hmm. And so the status quo is shook to death, even with the whole monetary system, how the U.S. dollar right now is, is going through a transformation. The world is going through a transformation in terms of the so-called powers that be a losing power, and the power is with the people. And so, yes, it's reflective and reflexive. Good mm. question. Yeah, no, I take I, I, I take your point. Um, what? Let me before I move on to genius's comment. Uh, what do you think um, the legacy is of uh, of Deaf Poetry Jam? What, what What do you think that program that you okay. co-founded on okay. HBO was able ultimately to accomplish in the culture? Wow, that's a, another good question. First of all, I want to shout out. Danny Simmons, Russell Simmons, Deborah Pointer, Stan Lathan, and all of the poets that were on the show that made it happen and everybody that listened in and supported it. Um, it was very iconic in the sense that around that time, again, we caught the world in a reflective state and that we were able to feed them the truth. And the truth is incontrovertible. Malice may attack it, ignorance may deride it, but in the end, there it is staring you right in your face. So mm -hmm. the poet has always been the cajoler of history or artists, the poet has always been the truth bearer, right? Mm -hmm. The Panther Party talked about the notion of all artists political and, and artists an indispensable tool of revolutionary struggle. Yeah. So we caught the world at a time where they were like, you know what? We said, we're going to feed you this truth. That's why we were blessed to be able to have the type of impact that we had. Yeah. And it's still reverberating now yep yeah my view is uh not not dissimilar from yours bruce i believe that artists are the gatekeepers of truth that's my view that artists Absolutely. are uh, are the gatekeepers of truth let me ask you right quick um if deaf poetry jam were on hbo right now like this week um what kind of content do you think we'd be getting today versus the content we got back in the day when it came on well, if it was on today, it would still be iconoclastic. It would be still muckraking because the poet has always been the cajoler of history. The poet has always been the truth bearer. Yeah. Right? So they're going to always speak truth to power. That's why Napoleon, when he came to power, the first thing he said is kill all the poets. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. You know? And so, and the only reason it's not on today is because of the fact that it was, it was reverberating around the world. It was speaking truth to power. And I give I give HBO a lot of credit. Richard Pepler was the president sure, at the time. Sure. They put they pushed the poetic license, mm -hmm. right? But they reached their limit. They was like, you know what, we got advertisers, we got this, <laughs> you know, so they gotta keep it pushing. Yep. What 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 do you make of the nature? Um let me rephrase that. What do you make of the fact that to your point now that art can be a disruptor, that art can be so disruptive that the powers that right. be who brought these things to bear will back away from that artistic expression because it can be, again, so disruptive. Well, art has always been disruptive. You know, the most dangerous person on the earth is a writer. Mm -hmm. Most dangerous person on the earth is a poet. Mm -hmm. And so, and they know that because they bring the truth. They're the truth bearers. They're the flamethrowers. Art is an instant, like the Panthers Party said again, it's an indispensable tool of revolutionary struggle. Always have been and always will be. See, Tavis, we weren't given the luxury of art for the sake of art. Mm -hmm. 
art for us has always been us being on the defense and always having to use our art as a means of survival, yeah. right? During the middle passage. So from hip-hop, where did hip-hop come from? Where did the blues come from? What did it, they all came from that same tree of struggle, the Negro spirituals. All yeah. of that is related. Yeah, That's where hip-hop and all of that come from, the jazz, the blues, all of that art was a reflection of who we are. Ozzy Davis said it best. He said, being an African-American, however, implies that something at the core of your existence is in crisis mode or will be at some point in life. Mm, no. Right? You can't retire from struggle. Come on now. Nope, you can't retire from struggle. That's right. <laughs> that, that quote from Ozzy Davis, Ozzy Davis is a brilliant, brilliant quote, and I'm glad you reminded me of it. I hadn't heard it in a long time, but I'm glad you reminded me of that Ozzy uh, Davis, uh, Davis quote. I was just talking to my friend Kenny Leon, the Tony uh, Award-winning director. Uh, Pearly Victorious okay. is coming back to Broadway. You know, Pearly Victorious is coming to okay. Broadway in September. That play, of course, written by the, the late, great Ozzie Davis. Uh, Pearly Victorious coming to Broadway uh, in uh, in September. And I'm, I'm anxious to, to get back to New York uh, to see this brilliant piece of work by Ozzie Davis that's going to be interpreted uh, in this moment by uh, by the Tony winner, uh, Kenny, Kenny Leon. Um, let me, yes, one, one, one final thing, and we'll, again, pivot to Genius's comment. It occurred to me, and I hadn't actually really thought about this, Bruce, until until you forced me to think about it, which is why I love this program. I say all the time, I always leave this studio smarter than I came in. I do this three hours every day. When I walk out, I, I'm always smarter okay. than I leave than when I came in. And you're, you're pushing me to think about something that I never processed before. I am thinking about, all the years of television lore, all the years of television history, and it may very and it may very well be, it may very well be back to this point of art being disruptive, that black folk mm-hmm. that black folk have never had access to a stage to a platform that allowed them to tell more truth than they told on Deaf Poetry Jam. I never thought about it in that way. But if you go back and you mm. think about the stuff these black folk were saying on that point. microphone, I don't know. Good point. In this moment, I could be wrong. My, my callers will let me know. Listeners will let me know. I can't think at the moment of a, of a platform that allowed black folk more creative license to express themselves in ways that were unpopular than Deaf Poetry Jam. Can you think of anything? That's a very good point. Not, not, uh, that's a very good point. I'm going to tell you, Mumia Abu-Jamal said the best. He said the state would rather be have an Uzi than a microphone. Mm-hmm. Right. And I wrote a quote and I said the state would rather have a million rappers talking about murder, 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 kill, 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 than have one poet talking about the day that CIA killed Lumumba. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. So you're absolutely correct with that. I mean, and that's why I really salute HBO for pushing the poetic license. Yeah. They took a big risk. And this was right around 9-11, where yeah. everybody was patriotic and red, black, red, white, and blue, and yeah. the whole nine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, we filled them with that truth, and it was very successful, yeah. for God's grace. They only, want the truth. Yeah, yeah. I only met Richard Pepper. want the truth. Yeah, they do. They indeed, indeed, they want the truth. They want it. Um, I was, uh, I've only met Richard Pepper a couple of times. He and I were honored one night many years ago with the Du Bois Medal uh, at Harvey. We were okay. honored the same night, and I got a chance to tell him that night. Uh, how much I appreciated um, his his courage in putting a, a lot of good stuff on HBO back then. Uh, and to my mind, HBO has suffered um, given his absence uh, from that platform, but that's just me. It really has. Yeah. He, really was, has. He, was, he was a very creative man in pushing stuff out on HBO that others wouldn't have done, and now they're sort of reining HBO in. But, again, I digress on that point. Um, let's talk about Genius is Common, Bruce George. Talk to me about it. Okay. Okay, well, the Genius is Common movement uh, is an anti-elitist movement. 
right? We're the first movement, Tavis, to decolonize the word genius ever since its etymology, right? It got started from one of my quotes. I'm a master quotologist, quoted around the world every nanosecond of every single day. I would go around the country and I would ask the youth, when you hear the word genius, what image comes to mind? And they would always say Einstein or a mm-hmm. light bulb. And every now and then I would get a Jordan and that troubled me. And I said, you know what? Let me write a quote about that. And the quote is, notwithstanding Einstein, genius is common. Then I mm-hmm. turned into the slogan, genius is common, was turned into an entire movement. Uh, we have a presence in all 50 states, 18 countries with 46 ambassadors and growing. We're the first movement to decolonize the word genius ever since its etymology. So when they say you're only a genius if you have 130, 140 IQ when Mensa, it's pure nonsense. Mm-hmm. That was an arbitrary number made up at Stanford University to make you 1% of the population, which is rooted in elitism. But they don't want you to know that the true origin of the word genius doesn't just imply the intellect. Even Einstein said we're all geniuses. And if you were to judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree or spin its life, believing that is stupid. Buckminster Fuller said that every child is born a genius, but the process of life degeniuses them. Mm-hmm. Arthur Schopenhauer said that talent has a target that no one else can hit, but genius has a target that no one else can see. So we're the first movement to let the world know that the true origin of the word genius comes from the word genie out of northern Africa. Not ancient Rome. And the genie is the guiding tutelary spirit within each of us. So the genius in us is the genie in us, and the genie in us is the God in us or the source energy in us. We've been lied to. Look at the word genie in Genesis. Mm. Genesis is the beginning. God is the alpha and the what? Mm-hmm. Omega. Omega. Look beginning and the first and the last. Look at the word genie in your genes. Your genes is your whole makeup of who you are. Mm-hmm. So the cat is out the bag and the jig is up. We're the first movement to take the elitism out of the word genius. That's where the anti-elitist swooping. Mm. I would implore your audience to go to geniusiscommon.com, and I'm shouting out everybody in the Geniuses Common movement, from my 42 ambassadors to the 94 celebrities that did Geniuses Common video drops. Tavis, you know you have to do a video drop. Hey, Tavis, <laughs> Smiley, Geniuses Common. You're in good hands. Antonio Fargas, Bill Duke, actor Malik Yoba, that's my homie. He was the first one to do them. We sure. got 94 celebrities that did video drops, right? And so we're on the cusp of breaking mainstream any day, hour, a month now, like Black Lives Matter and the Me Too movements, respectively. And they're dubbing my movement Black Wall Street online. On our website, we have black businesses, business directory, two online adult bookstores, a children's bookstore, all black authors, all black illustrators. Geniusescomment.com is the website. Yep. Um, to your point, just got about three minutes left in this conversation right quick. Um, to your point that we are all yes, born sir. geniuses and we have to redefine and reshape what that word means, I take your point. But if we're all born geniuses, yes, what do you make then of the effort, particularly when it relates to black people, to de-genius us as we, as we navigate our way through life? Because of the fact that that's what the status quo is supposed to do is to try to de-genius us. Mm-hmm. They're doing their job. Right. The system isn't broke. If you think the system is broke, then you you really off off your rock or off your mark. No, the system is doing exactly what it's designed to do is to keep us deaf, dumb and blind. Mm-hmm. Right. But what's happening is that the real progressives. Right. I like how you have unapologetically progressive. Mm-hmm. You have two forms of progression. One form of progression is to maintain the status quo. The other form of progression is to go against it. So. History is always going to err on the side of doing the right thing. It's going to always err on the side of love over hate, right over wrong, right? You know, and that's where we are. Good will always outweigh evil. Love will always outweigh hate, right? 
So no matter what they do, we're going to continue to be here and progress and do what we need to do because we're covered. As you talk to these young people, what is the most difficult part in getting them to accept, to acknowledge, to receive that they already have genius inside of them? There there was no difficult part whatsoever, my brother. Mm -hmm. They open up like a rose petal, Mm. like a rose petal when I make them aware of the fact that every last one of them has a genius in them, a genius seed in them. Right. They open mm-hmm. up like a rose petal. No resistance whatsoever. Well, the only resistance I get are from the elitists <laughs> who don't believe that the words genius is common. Right. You know, mm-hmm. the elitists. So when they talk about you only, a, like I said earlier, you only a genius if you have 130, 140 IQ. Pure nonsense. That was an arbitrary number made up at Stanford University to make you 1% of the population, which is rooted in elitism. How's it, here's, my, here's my exit question. So, 60, 60 seconds to go. My exit question is this. Um, what happens to the world? How does the world change if we ever accept this notion that genius is common? Well, people are going to continue to progress. They're going to continue to be muckraking, iconoclastic. They're going to really come into their, their truth, because I'm a firm believer that your, your work is your ministry. The amount of self-esteem we've already raised is through the roof. Mm-hmm. Right. It's going to it's going to people are going to take their power back. Mm-hmm. You know what that happens when people take the power back. It's a wrap. Yep. That's it. Genius so, is common. I appreciate you, my bro. No, man. Appreciate you and the work you're doing, your work and witness. Genius is common Thank means you, that all of us have genius inside of us. Genius manifests itself through each of our own uh, unique way of expressing our passion, our profession, our art and our talent. Genius is dot com is the place to learn more uh, about um, is that right? Jesuscommon.com or Jesuscommon.me? Which is it, um, yeah, Bruce? Yeah, both. Both. Okay. Jesuscommon.com and Jesuscommon.me. And right. I really appreciate you having me on your show, bro. No, my great delight. All the best to you in this movement. You are you are a genius, brother. Brother Bruce, I appreciate you, man. All the so best are you, you, my brother. Thank you, man. More of Tabby Smiley uh, when we come forward. From the Merc Park with love, love, love this love. is Tabby Smiley. Oh.